0: Well, good morning. It is great to have each of you here, and it is a wonderful morning where we get to celebrate our risen Lord, and I get to wear the same shirt I wear about every one and a half to two months, but when Mary sees me in the morning and says, well, you look like a nice Easter egg, today it fits, right? So that's nice, my nice Easter egg shirt. This week was an expensive week for me. I had to get tires on my car, and so I was out on Eastman Road getting tires, and as they were putting the tires on, it takes a little while, and I decided I wanted some coffee, and so I go and I look around, and I see there's a donut shop um, a couple of blocks away, And I went over and I decided I would go get some coffee there. I did not get donuts. I I skipped out on the donuts. But I did get a nice large cup of coffee. And as I was in the coffee shop getting a large cup of coffee, I walk out and I guess April showers bring May flowers, right? Except I don't think that works in Texas. I think in Texas it's, anyway, we're not going to worry about that. But it starts raining and I'm thinking, oh man, I'm about to go to work. It was Wednesday, I I, I, was gonna, I I had the clothes I was going to wear that night, and I didn't want them to be drenched, so I started looking at my pattern of how I could get back to the tire shop, and I noticed, well, if I just go kind of quick between the donut shop and the gas station, I would be able to get under the overhang of the gas station, all the gas pumps, and then I just have to make it another block and a half and try to get out of the rain and be okay. Well... It was good news. My saving grace was happening. What's, as I'm standing there ready to cross Eastman Road, there's this big truck. Big truck with a crane, and they start honking at me. I'm thinking this mysterious crane driver, I don't know what that truck is, it's some big, big truck, is going to drive me across the street. And then I notice it's Jody Seal waving at me, and he just drives off in the rain. All right. So I made it a block and a half, got nice and wet. How often do we stop and help our friends? (laughs) Sometimes we do a good job of it, right? And then sometimes, sometimes not so much. Now, in our defense, when we've all let our friends down... Sometimes we don't even know what they're doing. They're just weird people standing out in the middle of the rain on Eastman Road, and you don't know why they're standing there. But sometimes we follow and help our friends, and sometimes we don't. All of us are guilty of that. All of us have let our friends down. We just sang a song Where He Leads, I'll Follow. And I love that song. I asked Robert if he, if he would lead that song because uh, there's so many great things in that song. It says, sweet are the promises, kind is the word. Uh, will I follow Jesus to sweet promises? Absolutely I will. Sign me up for that. In that song, it talks about the tender, loving God. Will I follow that? Of course I will. That sounds good. It talks about sweet rest for the weary and heavy laden. Will I follow God to rest? Absolutely I will. But will we follow Christ to the cross? Are we willing to follow Christ when times are tough? All these other times sound like a great time to follow God, but whenever times get tough, when times are trying, do we follow Are God there, as the song says, follow all the way. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 16, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Jesus is telling his disciples, if you want true life, follow me by carrying your cross. Jesus wasn't trying to sugarcoat anything. Jesus trying to let his disciples know that it is going to be tough sometimes following him. Over the last several weeks, we've been talking about the 12 apostles. These are specific guys that Jesus uh, handpicked to send out to the, to, to the world to announce the kingdom of God. And he's telling these 12 apostles along with other disciples that they're called to call, carry their cross and follow him. But as Jesus is arrested, where are those 12 guys? 11 out of the 12 is not at the cross with Jesus, 11 out of the 12 are gone. They're scattered. When Jesus is arrested, their hopes and their Messiah have been shattered. When Jesus is taken to Pilate and Jesus is announced to be crucified, their hopes of this kingdom of God have fully been dashed. And so they run away in fear. And sometimes we 're like that, right? when times get tough, we don 't know what we 're supposed to do. when we feel like God has failed us, we run, we run away from him. But not all jesus 's disciples did that. His apostles ran away, but Jesus had several disciples, and whenever we think about jesus and, and, and his crew as they, in his ministry, a lot of times we think about Jesus and these twelve guys and this wandering the, the countryside of israel, but There's a lot more to Jesus' entourage. It's actually a pretty big group. And it's much more than just his apostles. There's several other disciples of Jesus. And we learn that in the Gospel of Mark, or excuse me, Gospel of Luke. In Luke chapter 8, it says After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another. Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, the twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household. Susanna and many others. These women were helping to support Jesus and his ministry out of their means. So we have this big group of disciples. Disciples are all followers of Jesus. Apostles are specific disciples that Jesus has has chosen and has sent out and has appointed. But there's plenty of disciples and there's plenty of women followers of Jesus that aren't just following Jesus. They're supporting the ministry. And they're not just ordinary women. These are women that have made quite a bit of money. Some of them are married to... Herod's business manager. So we think of Joanna as probably someone that's pretty well-to-do, and for three years, these women, whether it was out of their abundant means, or they were going to work in some way to find ways to feed Jesus and the rest of the disciples, find lodging for all of them, feed the poor, they were going to support Jesus in his ministry, and it was Women that were the backbone of the support of the ministry. These disciples of Jesus decided not just to spend the money on themselves like a lot of us want to do, but they decided for three years they were going to give everything they could to support Jesus. And to support his ministry. And support the kingdom of God. And why did they do that? Well, you see, in, the, in Luke, it talks about how Jesus healed them. Mary Magdalene, all the other gospel writers, they don't say anything until the end where Mary is just all of a sudden there, but Mary Magdalene was someone very important, and she was filled with all sorts of evil, and Jesus called her out of that life of evilness, called the demons that were in her life out, and so Mary, life, Mary's life on earth was changed by Jesus. And the other women were healed of sicknesses that we don't know about. They don't tell their personal stories in in Scripture, but it does tell us that they were healed and their lives were changed by Christ. And they weren't going to do anything other than follow the Messiah. And they weren't just going to follow him in the good times as he's healing them and changing their lives. They're willing to follow him when times get tough. They're willing to follow him all the way. They're willing to follow him to the cross. Mark chapter 15. It tells us some of the women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene. Mary, the mother of James. And when he says mother of James, it was James the Younger, or as we talked a few weeks ago, the apostle Little James. So Mary, the mother of James the Younger, and Joseph, and Salome, which we talked about several weeks ago, was the mother of James and John, other apostles. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs, and many other women came up with him from Jerusalem or many other women from Galilee came to Jerusalem, were also there. These women stood by the cross during the tough times. While his apostles were afraid and, and, and scattered, these women came and they stood close to Jesus. And what's striking is the women that were standing at the cross weren't just women that were healed by Jesus or had their lives changed with Jesus. But we know at least two of the women there were mothers of Jesus' apostles. You have Mary and you have Salome. And they stood there willing to be with Jesus while he's at the cross, willing to give him their support, willing to stand there and watch him suffer why because they loved him there's no other place that they would be during these times of trials than be with jesus and these women knew they had children that followed this lord and savior this messiah and more than likely these young men were going to have to face the same thing that jesus was facing and we know for sure salome's son james Not too long after this is beheaded by Herod for proclaiming the good news. These women were willing to stand there and be with Jesus. Why? Because they knew Jesus told them he was coming back. Jesus told him he was the king and Jesus was going to give eternal life to each each of the followers of him. They had a strong faith. And they loved Jesus and they were going to be there. When I think about standing and, and watching something pretty brutal or, or horrific, I, I, I just don't have the stomach for it. It wasn't too long ago that I was over in the ghost center and I was cleaning out the refrigerator. I was removing some of the, uh, several of the uh, expired jars of whatever and I would just toss them in a, in a trash can. And as I was tossing them in the trash can, apparently one of the jars of salsa or mayonnaise or whatever it was broke. And as I picked up the trash bag and I was walking out of the ghost center to go put it in the main trash bag, it, it swung and it hit me in the back of the leg and I knew, oh no, that's not good. And I looked down and there's just blood running down my leg. And I didn't know how deep it was because it was a pretty quick swipe across my leg and so I go into there's a little medical bag if anyone needs any medical attention or any any cuts we have one in the office and I I grabbed this big bandage actually I I grabbed some alcohol wipes and I wiped it down but I wouldn't look at it I wouldn't look at it because I have a trouble looking at wounds and so I wiped it and it burned and then I put a band-aid on it and I figured if it stops bleeding it's going to be okay if it's too deep it'll just continue to bleed through the band-aid and maybe I need to go to the doctor I didn't look at that for a couple of days. I just left the bandage on. (laughs) And I guess it healed all right. It didn't need medical attention. But I struggled to look, and yet these women stood there in support of our Lord, and they watched. I think about when others are struggling... And people are going through tough times, and and, and a lot of me, I think I've gotten better over over time, but a lot of me just wants to remove myself from the situation. When I was in junior high, we had a dog named Andy. And Andy was a very smart dog, but he was not too bright in one area. He liked to chase armadillos. And so we go to, we have, a, we, uh, my family has a place in Thompson, Texas, and, and there's several Lakers out there, and Andy would go and he would find all these armadillos, and he would chase them, and he would chase them right up the armadillo holes. And one day, Andy went in this huge armadillo hole. It was on the side of a creek bed, and he got himself stuck in it. There was no way to get him out, and in in my family, I don't remember who was all there, but they, we, we, they go and we get shovels, and they're, they're, they're trying to dig Andy out, and I just think that they're going to put a shovel in there and, and split him in two, and so I'm nervous, and I just go back to the house. I couldn't be there. Andy got out. That's good news, right? But then he went back and got in an armadillo hole. We never found him one day. That's bad news. <laughs> Sometimes we just can't look. Sometimes we just can't be there. But the women following Jesus, these special disciples of Jesus, were there in support. And another lady at the cross was the one that had been preparing for this moment for 33 years. And that's the mother of Jesus. As she stands at the cross, I'm sure... That all the things that she's that she's been told from his birth till now, all these mental images are, are coming to mind and right after Jesus' birth, he's presented at the temple. And a prophet named Simeon says these words to Mary. He says, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. And as a result, the deepest thoughts of many's hearts will be revealed. And he says this to Mary. And a sword will pierce your very soul. Can you imagine watching your son, who you know is innocent, who you know is the Son of God, comes directly from God, is being crucified by His own creation. Mary stands there and she watches. And as she watches, she reflects on why He's there. And Isaiah 53 says it so beautifully. That he's up there because it's through his wounds that we're healed. It's through his death that we're saved. And each week, we get to come and we get to reflect on Jesus at the cross. Each week, we reflect on on Jesus at the cross as, as as he's hanging there. And just like the disciples that are there at the time, we get to be there and be with Christ. Because it's by His stripes we're healed. He was crushed for our sins, our iniquities. And it's His suffering that brings us peace. And so each week, we come and we remember and we join Him at the cross. And now is going to be a time where we remember that. And we take the bread and remember His body that was given for us. This week is, is special. It's a time where so much of the world sits back and we reflect, not just on the death of Jesus, but on the risen Lord. There's so many times that I've, I've just gotten texts from, from people that I rarely talk to, and, and the text says something like, He is risen. And I look on social media and I, and I see that, and it's a, it's a wonderful experience to see the world celebrating a risen Savior. And it couldn't happen at a more perfect time as I drive down the highway and I look to my left and my right and I see the Texas wildflowers in bloom. I don't know if there can be a more beautiful sight than the Texas wildflowers. And I think about new life in this world. And it's because of Jesus' death that we get new life. Because of his death, we get the chance to be with him. And So He gave His blood for us. So we can be forgiven of our sins. It cleanses us from all sin. The beauty is it doesn't end at the cross. It ends with Jesus rising from, from the dead. It ends with an empty tomb. It ends with the hope that we too, those of us that are in Christ, we get to have Eternity with Him. That our grave will also be empty. And so, Mark and the other gospel writers, they they write about the next day. The day after. Not the next day, uh, the Sunday. The Sunday morning. It says, when the Sabbath was over in Mark chapter 16, verse 1. Mary Magdalene... Mary, the mother of James the Younger, and Salome, the mother of James and John, brought spices so that they might anoint Jesus' body. Then in verse 4 it says, When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. So they walked in there and, and they're going because they love Jesus. They're going that early that Sunday morning to anoint his body, to take care of it like the, like the women often did. And he's missing, but there's someone in there and the stones rolled away and they're alarmed. They're scared. I would be too. What's going on? Well, they see this young man in a white robe and he tells them don't be alarmed he says you're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified he is risen he is not here the place where they laid him but go and tell his disciples and Peter he is going ahead of you to Galilee there you will see him just as he told you This is good news, right? This is what Jesus had been telling them. Jesus said that he was going to rise in three days. They go and and they're anointing the body. They they don't know what's going on. They're they're sad. They're distraught. And yet, he's missing. And so they go immediately and tell the disciples, right? Right? Well, that's not what Mark says. Mark ends his gospel with this. And the, the earliest manuscripts, the most reliable manuscripts, uh, have Mark ending the gospel like this. He says, Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. So how does this gospel end? In a In a cliffhanger? Well, what really happened? Well, those of us that are, are strong in our faith, well, Jesus said He was going to rise, so He rose. There's nothing more to say. Thankfully, for those of us that want a little bit more, there's three other Gospels that give the full story, and, and then there there's, there's parts of Mark that, that, that are written later on that, that uh, some Scriptures will talk about. They tell the complete story. Of the resurrection. Because sometimes we need to see Christ. And so for that we're going to go to John chapter 20. And in John chapter 20, as as the ladies ran, eventually at least Mary... gets enough courage to go and talk to the to the apostles. she meets with the apostles and, and in John chapter twenty verse two it says, "They have taken the lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. He said he was going to rise, but they didn't know how that really happens, how that could really work. They watched him crucified and and murdered in such a horrible way and they wanted to believe but it's so hard it's hard to believe something like that but the tomb's empty and and so the apostles john and peter they run to the tomb and and they look in and as they look in they see an empty tomb and john sees it and he realizes jesus has risen john didn't need to see anymore peter runs back we don't know what peter's thinking But who's also there? Mary. Mary is at the tomb. She follows behind him. She needs to see her Lord. She needs to see her Savior. So what does she do? She draws near to the last place she saw him. She was the one that was walking behind Joseph of Arimathea as he puts Jesus in that tomb. She saw him laid there and she was waiting to see Jesus. And as times are tough in our lives, I think we do exactly what Mary does, is we go out and we seek to draw closer to Jesus and we seek to, to find Him. And when we do that, I believe that Jesus will reveal Himself to us. He'll show us that He's there in our lives. He'll show us that He's working in our lives if we only draw close to Him. In John chapter 20, verse 11, it says, Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look in the tomb, and she saw two angels in white. They were seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head, the other at the foot. Then, she a- then they asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Mary, still in disbelief, says, They've taken my Lord away, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will go get him. The resurrection sometimes is so hard to believe. And yet, if we draw close to Jesus, we're going to find out that He is alive, that He is there. And so Jesus turns to her and He says, Mary. And she turned towards Him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And she holds on to Him. She drew close to Jesus. She followed Jesus. She went everywhere Jesus was going. And when we do that, no matter how tough life gets, He will reveal Himself to us. He will show us that He's alive. He will show us that the tomb is empty. And because the tomb is empty... It gives us the same joy and the same hope that Mary had. As as Jesus says, Mary, I'm sure he says it in in a very similar way to when he called these, these demons, this evilness out of her life and changed her life forever while she was on this earth. And she realized that same Jesus that changed her life on this earth is now going to change her eternity. And Jesus offers that to us as well. When we search Jesus out, when we follow him, he is going to call us out of a life of sin, a life of turmoil, a life of trouble, and he calls us into something so much greater, an eternal life, an eternal rest, an eternal time with him, a home with the Father. And just as his tomb is empty, we too will have empty tombs, those of us that are in Christ Jesus. And that's why we have the opportunity to be baptized into him, meaning that our sins can be washed away and we can be raised with him in his resurrection so that we too will get to be with our Lord forever and he will make our home with him. If there's anything we can do for you, if we can help you follow Christ more, if we can pray for you, or if you want to be baptized into him so that you can have eternal life, Please come while we stand and sing.